it had been a long week. Seven days, just like the rest. I began to wonder if I'd lived in this town too long. Then I remembered it was a village, and I'd only just moved here. But I'd seen all sorts in that time. I even worked some real big cases. Rub thighs, jolly snake, skittles ball murders, and even the invasion of the bread people. You know, that's not bad for a private investigator. And hey, that's me, Mike Nance, P.I. I was about to give up and throw myself down a mineshaft. But then she walked in. The most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. I knew instantly I was as helpless as a man lying at the bottom of a mine shaft. So, uh... What can I do for you, ma'am? I need your help, Mr. Nonce. I need to find my granddaughter, Helen. She sounded as beautiful as she looked. How could I say no? She handed me a photograph of Helen. Helen didn't share her grandmother's beauty. She looked more like something a police diver would pull from a lake. When did she go missing? I poured us some drinks. Nobody's seen her in, in two months. She was getting her, herself in other people's business. She's always been a nosy cunt. She changed recently. Started listening to that Nick Knowles and going on about ancient prophecies. I think she lost her mind. But I just need to know what happened to her, Mr. Nonce. Well, how could I say no? If only I'd known then what I know now. Well, you... You can't know now what you know then. This is not possible. No, you're right. What? You... If, on, if only I'd known... If only I knew now what I know now. Yes, or if only you knew when what you knew now. No, that's what you said. That's what I just said. If only I knew now what I know then. Yes, or, or, or if only you knew uh, then what you know then. If only I knew then what I know then. Yes, that's it. Exactly. This is a tale of deceit. Secrets, blood, and DIY. A little case I like to call the familiar stranger in the village. I let myself into Helen's apartment using the key the beautiful broad had given me. Helen's apartment was uh, musty. It felt like walking into an obituary. It was clear that nobody had been here in a while. Helen's grandmother was right. She was a nosy cunt. Seems she thought of herself as quite the journalist. Seemed to be investigating everyone in town. On the desk, a notepad with a list of stories she was working on. Found. Missing episode of Jerry's Funhouse. Cult leader, mayor, or businessman. 
Pied Piper of DIY Expose. Is the village rockery an ancient burial ground? Revealed. What ice cream man do in the winter? In any other town, you'd think Helen was crazy. But I'd lived here long enough to know that there could be truth in all of these stories. I picked up the VHS tape marked Jerry Callow that was sitting on her desk. From what I know of Jerry, whatever was on this tape might come in useful. I checked Helen's diary. The day before Helen went missing, she had a meeting at the local private school, the Nick Knowles Academy for Gifted Youngsters. A school of excellence for DIY, music, and presenting. Leonard Pokey had been the head teacher there for some time. Popular with everyone in town, making him the perfect pawn for a scandal. Turns out that same night was the school's annual meeting, and Pokey was about to make a controversial announcement. Something that would send shockwaves rippling through this town like a fat woman falling in a pond. I had another whiskey and drove straight to the school. Attention everyone. Right, thank you for coming along. I'm head teacher Pokey. Now, just a few other announcements before we begin. Mrs. Barclay, uh, despite our best efforts, uh, your child is unfortunately recognized as an invalid. And so has been relegated to homeschooling from now on, as is school policy. Uh, due to the uh, small anthrax outbreak in the canteen, uh, we fired everyone who looks a bit shifty uh, in order to curb the spread, and we apologise for anyone who's been affected by the incident. Uh, but we do encourage you to bring a packed lunch for the time being, but we cannot stress enough to some parents not to include anthrax in that packed lunch. And lastly, uh, the school choir raised almost £6,000 in sponsorship for the Everest trek to raise money for a new school piano. Unfortunately, they all perished on the climb due to the lack of training, and all donations will be returned due to the children's failure to reach the summit. Now, for the announcement you've been anticipating, I know rumours have been rife, so I will announce a curriculum change that will be taking effect immediately. You will no longer be teaching trepanin as a subject. Fuck off! Fuck you! Fuck! Stab you! Shit on you! I know this will come as a shock to many of you, and I have a statement from the school's benefactor and our leader, Nick Knowles. He says, I want to ensure you all this will remain a school for DIY excellence, and your children will only learn the best in DIY music and TV presenting, but this change must be made. Pokey left in a hurry, eyes filled with tears. I'd managed to ask around a little about Helen, but... Nobody wanted to talk about anything other than trepanning. God, I hope people know. Trepanning is the medieval practice of drilling into a skull to stop a headache. Otherwise, I'd have to break the narrative to explain it. And that, that would be worse than episode three. The trepanning news hadn't gone down well. They're changing the way we're supposed to educate our kids. It's disgusting. We're going to have a generation of young people with evil spirits trapped in their minds. Hmm? What are they going to do then to stop their headaches? Fucking idiots. It's fine. Is it recording? STEM subjects are so important in the village. Science, 
trepanning English and maths. No one can take that away from her. If it wasn't for trepanning, I'd probably still be gay. Unable to walk. Trepanning got rid of my speech impediment. I got home and switched on the news. Parents weren't taking the announcement lightly. They'd started protesting the academy. I'm here speaking to the protesters. I absolutely can't stand the change. I think it's disgusting to get rid of village culture like that. Our kids should only be hearing what we want them to hear. We know best, and trepanning is the best cure for headache. I saw a parent maul their own child to death with a trepan in front of the head teacher. And do you know what? The head just carried on walking by. What a monster. I saw a group of dads run into a year nine astrology class carrying a bunch of angry dogs. He just came out carrying lips. I've been throwing sponges soaked in my own cum at the teachers. Mind you, I do that every morning. There was something about Pokey's announcement that made me think something more was going on here. Why were people so angry? It was like someone was whipping up a storm, but why? I couldn't shake it from my mind, just like the noise of a child's skull as it gets reversed over accidentally. I still needed to know who Helen met with at the school. I knew I could find answers in the teacher's lounge, but I was going to need to go undercover. So I went to a few community acting lessons at the local Amdram Society. I created the perfect character. Pete Piddlewash, the pedophile janitor. I managed to get myself a job at the school. I was in luck. The last janitor had just retired, suffocated in his sleep. Sometimes, to get to the truth, you have to hold a pillow over an old man's face and take his job. First day, I entered the teacher's lounge and spoke to them one by one. Greetings, Mr. Snick. It is I, Pete Piddlewash, the pedophile janitor. You can trust me. Now, tell me about the secrets of the school. I, for one, think trepanning is a very important skill and it should be taught in more schools. I was silent when they got rid of dogfighting as a GCSE, and I held my tongue when they dropped A-level in whaling, pretending it was illegal. But I shall stay quiet no longer, believe me. If I knew who made that call, I would shit in their mouth. The head wouldn't do something like that, not pokey. Someone is forcing his hand. Mrs. Carcandle, I am a janitor who works here. You look lovely today. What can you tell me about Pokey? Well, I reckon he's been blackmailed. Pokey wouldn't do something like that. I once saw him trepan so well, he got through all of Key Stage 4 in just one afternoon. There were no headaches that day. He did the job so well, none of them ever felt the need to speak again. Hello, Mr. Crickle. It is me, the new janitor. Oh, hello. Oh, it's very sad what happened to the last janitor. Poor old Wynn. Ah, he died in his sleep, they say. Absolutely, I've heard it was natural causes. Well, yes, of, of, of course it was, but... Uh, it was, yes. It was the day before his wedding day, see? Oh, it was very sad. 88 he was. He seemed as fit as a fiddle. He'd been single his whole life, see? Until he met Frank, his partner, nine months ago. 
oh, he'd been a miserable bastard before that. Uh, but then he just started singing and smiling. We joked it was like having Dick Van Dyke in the hallway. Oh, and the school had never been cleaner. I spoke to poor Frank yesterday. Oh, he's in bits. He didn't say much, just just asked if I knew where he could get a gun. I went to poke around Pokey's office to see if I could find a clue or get a break in the case. I was there 20 minutes when I realized that was a dead body on the desk. So a head teacher is blackmailed into banning a subject he loved, then winds up dead. Why? Helen was clearly close to some dangerous stuff. Maybe she found something she wasn't supposed to. But what did it have to do with the stories she was investigating? With Nick Knowles, Jerry Callow, the rockery? As for Pokey, the coroner said he was poisoned. Feathers found at the crime scene. I knew what that meant. Pokey's death was stirring up rumors. I'd gone to the bar to get a drink. It's all everyone was talking about. What do I think happened to Pokey? I think he died. I definitely think he were being blackmailed. Well, I reckon he killed himself, but, you know, they didn't find him down the mine shaft, so he couldn't have. You know, he killed Pokey? The ice cream man. Dark son of a bitch is they are. Luckily, I didn't need to sift through the rumors. The truth was waiting for me back at Helen's apartment. I used my key to get in and found a fat, ugly, rotund, almost sick-worthy man frantically searching the joint. Come on, where you bloody hiding? Where you hiding? I need this fucking day. Come on, Helen, if I find you, I'm gonna shit in your eyes. Where's Helen? I want me tape. Jerry Callow, I assume. I was hoping you could tell me where she was. Look, look, look. I'm not going to cause any bother, but she stole it from me, and I have every right to smash up her apartment to find it. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, or, or, or something. Who are you, anyway? I'm Nance. Oh, are you? I, I've not seen you at any of the meetings. Did you go on Wednesday or, or Friday? Mike Nance, P.I. I'm investigating why Helen Fuckboy is missing and what to do with Pokey and the Nick Knowles Academy for Gifted Youngsters. Oh, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Uh, the trepanning ban. Yeah, I saw that. He's a clever bastard. Pokey? Not Pokey, mate. Knowles. He certainly knows how to cause a distraction. You know, just when I thought people would finally see through him. A distraction from, from what? Only one of the biggest secrets in TV, mate. Once you know it, you can't look at him the same. If Ellen found out knows a secret, well, he'd be after her. What secret? Oh, trust me, mate. You don't want to know. It'll break your heart. Will this tape get me to the truth? Jerry stared at the tape with his name written on it. His face looked like a surprised tub of butter. Oh, where'd you get that? Have you watched it? Have you put it on? Have you watched it? Have you seen it? No. Tell me what you know, and the tape is yours. I had to roll the dice if I was going to find the truth. This tape might hold the truth, but something in Jerry's eyes told me I needed this information. It was time to take a risk. 
like unprotected sex with a rhesus monkey. Look, 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 mate. Knowles' whole career is built on a lie. People think he's a national treasure, but, but he ain't. He's a fucking cowboy. An old cameraman I worked with back in me days at the BBC. He worked on the first three series of DIY SOS. I'm still in contact with him. Meet for a drink sometimes. Talk about the way things should be. One day we were having a drink and it had all gotten too much for him. He just started blurring it out. And when he'd finished telling me, I were broken. He knows more than me about Knowles, about that skull, and what Knowles is trying to hide. I can put you in contact with him for the tape. I agreed. Maybe I'd never find out what was on the tape. Perhaps I was better off not knowing. Jerry might be sending me on a wild goose chase, just like his 1998 TV movie, Lucy Goosey Run Run. But if Nick Knowles isn't the man I thought he was, then by God, the world needed to know. I met with Jerry's informant. He was only happy to talk on the record anonymously. The first series was fraught with problems. I was far too ambitious for the budget it had. We'd taken on too many properties, see? We tried to do too much. Too much ambition. We were going to let people down. We were coming to the end of filming on the first series and we just realised that none of it was going to get made. And honestly, none of it was possible. And when you really think about it, it's not possible. We should have known there was something else going on. I remember it was all going to get cancelled. That's what I remember. And Nick said, no, no, it can't be cancelled. And he starts pacing and pacing and suddenly there's this, this evil look that flashes across his face. He just sends us all home. I went home that night thinking I didn't have a job and that DIY SOS would be nothing more than a dream. But we came in the next day and all the properties were finished, all done, one night. That was days worth of work. We were so far behind schedule, it shouldn't have been possible. But I just, I just said, oh, it must be one of those miracles, you know, a little Nick Knowles miracle. Season two began and I got more suspicious. Uh, you know, we would find things in the properties. Things would begin behind schedule and then all of a sudden you go to sleep and the next day you're ahead of schedule. And there'd be things, pencil cases, little girl shoes, prefect badges, that sort of thing. And by season three, I was just, I was too suspicious. I had to know what was going on at night because he'd never let you stay. No, 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 no one was allowed there after dark. But one night, I hid in one of the attics of the properties. I could uh, see through one of the holes in the roof that were there, yeah. It was just on the horizon. An army of children marching towards the property. Nick Knowles leading them, playing this bassoon thing, this tune. He had them in this sort of trance thing and they... As they got closer, they just picked up tools, screwdrivers, paintbrushes, the lot, just like they 
were supposed to do it. Like they were destined to do it. That night I saw a group of year nine girls plasterboard an entire room in less than three minutes. And I didn't do anything. I let it go on for years. I knew what DOSOS was doing to those kids and I did nothing. I didn't want it to be true, but it seemed to make a lot of sense. Nick Knowles having a magical bazoon that hypnotizes children into doing DIY. I always wondered how Knowles did it. I needed evidence. Could this bassoon be real? If so, where is it now? I went to see Conrad Mustard Tash, local brain box on mythical instruments. Could this be real? If anyone would know, it'd be Conrad. You're not the first to ask of this instrument. Who else has been asking about the magical bassoon? There was a woman. It was hard to look directly at her, though. She had a face like something an abused child would draw. But yes, I... I am familiar with the instrument you describe. First mentioned by an unnamed apostle, believed to have been the only survivor of an ancient holy war. It states that an archangel fell from heaven with a trumpet in hand and coerced an army to do his dark bidding through the playing of a haunting tune. The apostle called it the harrowing horn. Though scholars do believe from his description, it may have actually been more of a bassoon. The Archangel orchestrated thousands of children to battle God in the hope of beginning the endless dusk. The Archangel was almost successful, but had underestimated God's holy militia, and three angelic suicide bombers happily took out the Archangel and decimated the hypnotized children. Years later, the Apostle, now an adult, recounted what happened in a letter. He was the only child who survived. He stated that he had buried the horn, what remained of the angels and the infant bodies deep in the ground and marked the spot with a beautiful arrangement of rocks. He hoped that nobody would ever find or play this instrument again. It is believed that that was the first ever rockery. Bemused and bewildered, the apostle was never able to remember the location of this holy burial site. It is believed that if the harrowing horn was ever discovered, only those with the darkest of hearts would be able to play it. For any other, they may blow it, but no sound would it muster. However, those with a core of pure evil would be able to make the children do their bidding. How would Knowles have ever got his hand on this horn? I have always believed that our rockery in the village is the Archangel Rockery. All other rockeries stem from this one. All others are just a tribute and a distraction. You see, when the Freemasons learned of the Apostle's letter, they initiated a secret plan, erecting and popularizing rockeries creating a labyrinth across the globe so nobody would ever be able to find the original. Their true history and meaning was never supposed to be discovered. They wanted the horn to be lost. I have many times tried to organize an excavation of the rockery to see if there is any truth to the story, 
but you will never get something like that past the village council. Whether Knowles went down there one evening to excavate it for himself, who knows? Maybe it's just a legend. Maybe none of it's true. Maybe they locked me up in this mental institute because I am crazy. Or perhaps I'm just too close to the truth. A truth no one wants to admit. That BBC's Nick Knowles is a talentless fraud. That there is a Dark Angel bassoon he uses to make DIY SOS possible. That he does coerce and manipulate his way to the top. And he wouldn't even know how to use a screwdriver. Stop it, it's not true. Then ask yourself this. If he doesn't have a magical bassoon to make people do as he wishes, then how did he ever get to release an album? The man presents a DIY show. Oh God, no, no. Oh no, no, it's true. Oh, it's true. Oh God. When the rain is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love I was wandering through the village a broken man I walked past the abandoned mine shaft Thought about just throwing myself in I thought about all those families gathered at Christmas around the television, excitedly watching for the new DIY SOS, believing it, thinking it meant something. The lying bastard. Helen had clearly gotten too close to the truth. Perhaps she met with Pokey or maybe Knowles, but it's clear trepanning was the distraction Knowles wanted. To get anyone else who might know his dark secret off the scent, but there was more to this, a clue I have tried to forget. The feathers at the crime scene. There was only one place to go next, and it might be the last place I ever visit, alive, because I might die. Because then I'll be dead, forever. Come in. Mayor Chicken Man, I have a few questions. Boy, I wondered when you'd show up. Mm -hmm.